This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar. And as always, we talk about local and national sports and pop culture coming at you with episode number 52. We've done 52 of these. That's imp- incredible. First things first, in the playoffs, Jose Altuve tied Mickey Mantle and Randy Jackson for fifth most home runs with 18 in the postseason. That's pretty impressive to be in the company of those two players, especially for not a big-time power guy. And, of course, you could say he's played more games than they have with all the expanded playoffs. That's also true. This year, there will be no Pro Bowl, and they're going to play do a variety of activities. And I'm just like, well, people didn't like the Pro Bowl. A lot of players opt out, not in the best players' plays because sometimes they're the ones in the Super Bowl. That sort of thing, and a lot of guys make the Pro Bowl. It doesn't mean anything. It's more about making all pro. That's also more important, but I'm curious to see what they're going to do and if maybe they take all the money that they make from that and donate to charity because that's what Major League Baseball should do as well. Have an all-star game when the season's over where the fans can vote on the starters and then the you know coach, the coaches, managers, and other players can vote on the players who make the bench like the guys who maybe really deserve it that sort of thing don't have a don't have a max amount of players on the roster but also be like you know what we can't have too many people on the roster but we need to have this many sort of people who actually did have good years this year people can get that spotlight shine on them anthony davis though became the first player in nba in history to win an nba championship an ncaa championship feeble gold medal and olympic gold medal that's pretty interesting Bears offensive line coach Juan Castillo tested positive for COVID in terms of he had somebody he knows had it, so he didn't join the Bears this weekend for the game because he's in contact with somebody who had it, not him. So that's interesting. Recipes of Fred Dean, who passed away due to COVID-19, one of the 49 Char- Chargers great, six-time Pro Bowl. He passed away at 68. Yeah, four-time Pro Bowl. Two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, defensive player of the year. He's in the both NCAA Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame and in the Chargers and the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to football writer Vince, I mean, excuse me, Vaughn McClure, passed away before he due to heart attack. He been working for the ESPN covering the Atlanta Falcons since 2013, and I remember him mostly from his time covering the Chicago Bears for six years. He'd also worked for the Chicago Sun-Times. And he went to Northern, you know, Illinois University, so NIU. And I remember reading his articles in the Tribune. Every single person I know said great things about him. It's very sad to lose somebody that young. Rest in peace to him. Jose Abreu won the MVP and Rick Conn won Executive of the Year, according to Sporting News. And speaking of All-Star Games and how they should be, they the Sporting News voted on by executives for the All-Star. They went with Salvador Perez, a catcher, Jose Abreu at first base, DJ LeMayu at second, Jose Ramirez at third, Tim Anderson at short, Mike Trout, Teoscar Hernandez, and George Springer in the outfield, DH Nelson Cruz, starting pitcher Shane Bieber, and uh, relief pitcher Liam Hendricks. Now, I'm not going to say that there are other catchers that deserve it more than Perez. That's fine. Abreu definitely deserves it this year. LeMayu definitely deserves it as well. And at shortstop, Tim Anderson had an incredible year. He, he definitely deserves it. And then... Third base, Jose Ramirez came on and was on fire this year. And then Mike Trout gets it just because he's Mike Trout sometimes, and I really don't feel like he necessarily had the best season or should win MVP. But Josh Hernandez had a pretty good year. Springer had a pretty good year. There are probably other outfielders who you could make the case for, but that would be another time to look into those statistics. Bieber definitely was the best starting pitcher this year in the American League, and Liam Hendricks was a really good reliever this year. 
And in the National League, JT Ramuto. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I don't I see anything wrong with picking him a catcher. Freddie Freeman, yeah, definitely. Manny Machado at third base with his teammate Fernando Tatis as shortstop. Yes. It's really the Giants second baseman. Donovan Solano is a utility player who backed up and didn't play most of the season for this team because he was a backup. He was the starter. And I'm just thinking to myself, there's nobody whatsoever on any of the teams like Cardinals, Colton Wong, or Ozzy Albies of the Braves. There's got to be somebody that had a great year, and you're like, you know what, maybe they should be on there as well. Maybe we could tell Marte the Diamondbacks. I don't know. How feel is Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, Ronald Kuna Jr.? Yeah, I could see that. There's probably maybe some other guys, but Marcelo Zuna is the DH. Yeah, that makes total sense. DeGrom, and then they had Devin Williams, the Brewers. You know, it's fine by me. Those are, have been like the sporting news coming out with All-Stars now. Ty Lue has become the Clippers head coach. And Chauncey Billups is going to join him as an assistant. That's pretty interesting there. Tyron Lue coached the Cavaliers because LeBron wanted him to be there. And instead of him going and getting a new deal when he decided, you know what, the Cavaliers think LeBron's not here, I'm out. That the Clippers signed him this past season to be their assistant head coach. And it was natural progression because there were a lot of teams that wanted him. The Rockets wanted him, the Pelicans wanted him, the Sixers, Pacers. A lot of teams wanted Tyron Lue. But I guess he said, you know, I'm just going to stay in L.A., Got good players on my team. I think I'm good. I don't know if it's going to help in terms of the issue the Clippers have where Paul George isn't good in the playoff and it turns into a one-man show of Kawhi. That's that's another issue. And um, Gerald Morey, the GM of the Rock, he stepped down. He's no longer going to be the GM. That's pretty interesting because he built all those teams, small ball, shooting a lot of threes, and they're going to hire from within. Le'Veon Bell is signed with the Kansas City Chiefs after he had been cut. Uh, he has to be released from the Jets after nobody could uh, trade for him. They just keep getting richer. This team, their Super Bowl starting running back decides to opt out because of COVID-related issues this year with health concerns. They drafted running back in the first round, and he's fire. And now they got now they got Le'Veon Bell as a pass catcher. That's going to be insta- unstoppable. Robbie Gold announced also that He's going to donate $500 per field goal for pediatric cancer. It's pretty good for him to do that. And Anthony Davis, who I said it was the first time for the, winning those awards, he said he plans to opt out and re-sign. I don't think there's really any other team except for his local Chicago team, the Bulls, that he would sign with. I think that's why he's just going to opt, get out of his contract and decide a new one to make more money. Amazon announced it'll be streaming a wild card game this year. That's interesting for those who don't watch regular TV. There was a Lakers player this year named Talon Horton Tucker. He became the first player born in the 2010s to win an, uh, an NBA title. It makes me feel old. Steph and Charles Barkley are going to replace Tiger Woods and Tom Brady in the, those those celebrity golf matches where it's been Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson versus Brady and and, and Peyton Manning. That's going to be interesting to see how Steph is considered the replacement for for Tiger Woods because he's a really good golfer and Chuck is the celebrity one like for Brady because we know he's got that funky golf swing. The Falcons, Colts, Patriots, Jaguars, and Carolina all had issues within the past week of shutting down facilities with players testing positive for coming to contact. Just for those curious, rest in peace to Rhonda Fleming, 93. She was a movie star in the 4050s, made 40 films. Queen of the Technicolor, she was in Hitchcock film. Connecticut taking King Saturn Court, you know, Saturn's Court, you know, take the, is, you know, Connecticut take the King's Court. 
out of past, you know, you know, Gunfight at the Old Corral. So she's in so many movies from the 40s and 50s, and she was, you know, 93. She lived a pretty long life. And um, Melvin Gordon, who arrested the previous week for DUI, he has strep throat and he missed the game. And the Cardinals running back coach has been tested positive for COVID-19. That's interesting. And the Dan Mullen, the head coach of Florida, he also had COVID-19 like the week before. We had Nick Saban who had it, so that's interesting. Jarvis Landry on Sunday paid tribute to Mac Miller with his treats, with his cleats. DJ Moore had cool Hey Arnold cleats, and Adam Thielen had Van Halen cleats for tributes. Randy Orzarina and Corey Seager won the MVPs in the AL and NLCS, respectively, and they both deserved it. Ryan Tannehill has the most fourth-quarter comeback wins since 2019. That's interesting. Fortunately for the Steelers, linebacker Devin Bush is out for the year with ACL. And, um... Rest in peace to Sid Hartman, who passed away at 100. He lived a long life. He worked for the Minnesota Star Tribune. He had one and done radio for them. He at one point was the Lakers GM, and he helped them move the team to the to the um, to LA. But he also helped them win some championships when they were in Minnesota. So that's interesting. Rest in peace to Sid Hartman. And Mike Doc Emmerich, the voice of hockey for NHL for years, who's won all these eight Grammys. He's in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. He's did minor league hockey for the de- then he did Devils and Flyers and then different points in history when hockey's been on CBS, NBC, ABC, TNT or TNT or not TNT excuse me ABC or Fox or when ESPN and hockey he was the voice because they just kept going wherever the, the lead network was including when it was like an outdoor network versus TV and he he did call some football and some baseball in his life so that's interesting he decided to announce his retirement from calling hockey that's a big blow to the industry because. For a Blackhawks fan, I got to hear him call make the major calls of three Blackhawks championships and some Devils championships sprinkled in there when I was a kid. Unfortunately for the Eagles, Zach Gertz is going to be out for three to four weeks with an ankle injury, and running back Miles Sanders will be out one to two weeks with a knee injury. And the Titans lost their left tackle, Taylor Luan, for an ACL. He's out for the year. It's another guy with an ACL injury. Former one-time, one game in the NBA and G League star, Andrew Ingram has been announced as the president of the Players Union of the G League, and David Stockton will be his vice president. And for those who are wondering why David Stockton's name sounds familiar, because he's John Stockton's son. That's interesting. He has been announced to have nine midweek MAC games starting in November for those interested. Recipes to James Redford. Robert Redford with his father, he's 58, died due to liver cancer. He's known for making all these films, documentaries, like including Paper Tiger. Rest in peace to him. Uh, Coke has announced that the first ever diet soda tab is no longer going to be there. I could say this. I don't think I've ever drinking tab. I've only like heard of it or seen it in terms of pop culture before my time when it came out. So that's interesting. Sad news. Jeff Bridges announced he has Hopkins lymphoma. Hopefully he makes a recovery because he's one of the greatest actors of all time. Hopefully he gets better from that. Kyler Murray is the first player to have five games. In five games, you know, through the first six games, you know, overall he's done this. Most by any player to have one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown. That's pretty good. The Cowboys are 10-24 this season. I mean, in general, when there's been Romo or Dak Prescott over the last couple of years. That's now interesting. Miami has announced that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the starter, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick has gotten them to three wins and has scored 40 points in the back-to-back games. I'm not a huge Miami person. Miami all along last year, they tanked so they could, uh, quote-unquote, tank. To get themselves like a tie draft pick 
and for them to get the quarterback they want. If the coaching staff and the medical staff think that Tua is ready, start him. The Jets are horrendous this year, and they should fire their coach. New England is come back down to earth their average, and the Bills are the only team with like upside. So it could be like the Dolphins have a good chance to win this division. You know, they're only one game back, so that's pretty interesting there. Recipes of Tony Lewis, the lead singer of the outfield and the bass player, frontman. He passed away. And then in football news, the Bears also signed Manti Teo, former Notre Dame star, former Charger and Saints player. The Bears are hoping maybe he can be helpful on third downs because they already signed a couple other guys you've heard of. And Luis Camp and the Padres player, Luis Camposano, has been charged in felony marijuana possession. They found lots of it in his car, and he's a young guy, so and he's not, and he's foreign, so it's going to be uh, interesting to see where that goes for his for him. And um, Hisashi Wakuma, former major league pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, who finished third in the Cy Young voting one year, made the All Star team once and pitched no hitter, has officially decided he's going to retire for major league baseball. He is more success from overseas than over here, but a general happy trails to him. The Patriots hired Nate Bajorkin, the former Raptors assistant and Suns assistant and G League coach. That's interesting. The Patriots decided that, you know what? We had Nate McMillan, who's a former player and a former head coach. Let's let's just go with a with an up-and-coming assistant. That'll be interesting to see as well. And in other news, the late Jerry Sloan's house has been put up for sale, the one that's in Illinois near St. Louis. That's interesting. Stan Van Gundy, though, has become the, the next head coach of the Pelicans. Hopefully this time he realizes with David Griffin as the GM, all he's got to do is try to get the best out of Hart, Ball, you know, you know Ingram, you know, Jackson Hayes, and he's got Derek Favor, and he's got himself J.J. Redick. he got all these guys on his team in the court. Zion himself, that'll be interesting to see. For somebody who's a huge fan of the Dan, Lever- Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, when Stan worked for ESPN, it was great. Or when he wasn't working, they could call him and get his basketball knowledge. But with him going back into coaching, I mean, less from here is his basketball knowledge. But good luck on the job, Stan. As a as one of the Jewish coaches in the NBA, I wish you well. And uh, Odell Beckham has now been banned from the facilities of LSU after that issue with uh, him handing out cash after they won the national title. That. It's taken them a couple of years to get that going. That's really that important. they got to go announce it now. Now, breaking news from Adam Schefter. With Antonio Brown's suspension elbowed and after week eight, the CUC Hawks are now positioned to make a push to sign him, though they're not the only team that are interested in him. So, week six just happened. We're approaching week seven starting this weekend, and that will mean there's one more week until teams can sign Antonio Brown. That's going to be interesting if they're going to get him there. Now, in pop culture news, Wendell Pierce has been announced to play B.B. King in an upcoming biopic movie that's coming out. That's going to be interesting. Michael B. Jordan said he's going to produce a movie with DC and Warner Brothers for Static Shock. Now, as a child in the 90s and early 2000s from watching this show, Static Shock was one of the best animated superhero shows of all time. It battled, you know, typical high school issues for kids growing up. It battled racism, drug issues, and stuff like that. And it, of course, had great cameos by Batman, Robin, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the rest of the Justice League over time. And just a really good show. And they then parked it back to have him as an old static shock when it came to 
featured Justice League Unlimited episodes with Batman Beyond and stuff. And there's been rumors that Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, would play him. And I'm just like, yeah. I think the best thing for them to do is get an unknown teenager who's ages of like 14 to 17 to play Static. And you can build it all up around him. And I don't know if they're if they're going to take it all from the TV show because Static Shock was not in the comic books. He was His character was just created, so there would be like a young kid with the lightning powers because there's been issues over the years of Black Lightning having the rights to him because that's why in the Super Friends it was like Black Falcon, you know. He had electrical powers, but they didn't call him Black Lightning. It's only until recently at the Black Lightning live-action show and Black Lightning's appeared in like Young Justice or and, and other animated programs. But that's only in the last five to seven years. It's not something that's always been copyright issues with them and stuff. And that would be an interesting to do to make a movie with Static Shock. So you got the teenager thing. But the question is, you're going to go off the TV show or the fact that he was added to the comic books later on. And all this stuff is like people, unless they paid attention to those comic books, they're going to know what's going on. And it would be cool if they do have a lot of the villains and characters he interacted with in the TV show. His friend Richie, who becomes geared because his brain gets powered. You know, you know his family situation. We lost his mother, and it's just his father and his sister. Then you know they maybe have cameos from Black Lightning or other DC characters if it's all from the same universe, because Batman's a big part of it. That's interesting. So is uh, John Stewart Green Lantern as a mentor to him. So that would be that would be the thing though. So that's why I'm excited for it, but I'm also kind of like holding my breath on that. Interesting news, though. Boston News Anchor was fired for having a cameo in the Hubie Halloween Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. That's very interesting. Reba McIntyre's announced that she's going to be in the TV show Fried Green Tomatoes for a TV series on NBC. That's going to be interesting. Everybody's a fan of this, the serial killer Dexter. He's coming back in a limited series. I've never watched the show. It's a show that a lot of people suggested I should watch, but you know me. I'm kind of too busy right now to go sit there and watch a new television show from beginning to end that's no longer on the air. I'm in the middle of my Star Trek binge. And now, interesting news, LA's Finest has been canceled. And that is a show, people, that has been on the air for a long... been on the air for a few years. And if, if you don't remember this, supposedly Gabri- it's where Gabrielle Union's character, who, you know, had a relationship with Will Smith in this show, that she's badass, she plays, she, like, you know... She rides motorcycles. She doesn't care what happened. You know, that sort of thing. Like her character is partnered with Jessica Alba. And she's kind of like the the one who's married with with a stepkid. And she's kind of like more grounded. But then you realize she's got a past. That sort of thing. Now, it's on this thing called Spectrum. That the show was originally going to supposed to be on like NBC. But they like turned it down. And, um... It's one of these channels that you can get, like, it's, an, it's one of those, like, premium extra tier cable stuff that most people don't get. And Fox, because of COVID, I said, pushed everything back to the fall. And the show that I told you about last time, you know, Filthy Rich and LA's Finest is what they decided to pair on Tuesday, on Monday night. And Tuesday night, they got Cosmos and they got the show next. So the fact that the uh, it's going to be on Fox now because it's only two years, that's fine. I just... The issue that I had when watching this show was it seemed like whoever was a Fox the timing when they want to go to commercial where it kept fading out like the guy was not even done finishing the sentence or the scene wasn't over that they went to commercial and faded out and then there were scenes where it's like this is a good time for them to go to commercial break and fade it out 
But yeah, I don't know. The editing of the thing was just not the best. It was kind of clunky. Then having partners who are the, the you know, not them, but the, having the people in the show both be calling Ben is too much. They got to throw in the whole Ernie Hudson being the strange father situation. And then they got the captain being, you know, somebody who were like, hmm, I haven't seen that guy in a while. And you're just like, okay, that's interesting. That you're like, I haven't seen that guy in a while. That Evan Handler plays the, you know, their, their boss. That's interesting. I haven't seen him since Californication. I wouldn't think, you know, as the person that's in charge. And then they got... An actor who are like, wait, I haven't seen that person for a while. Oh, yeah, I just saw him in Love City Law. That wasn't great. Then there's another actor who I'm like, hmm, I've seen that guy before. And he, I saw him on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where he's a bad guy. So there's actors I've seen in the show. It's interesting enough. It's got enough action, some humor in there. But I can understand why Spectrum goes. Nobody's really watching on Spectrum. I mean, even though now it's on Fox. I'm just not going to continue. It's like from that world of bad boys. That's interesting. And now the next show I review was show Connected. It's about like friends who are on like a Zoom and they got to connect with each other. You know. So yeah, it's all connecting. So that that show is NBC decided to come out with it. And it's made by people made Blind Spot by Martin Garrow. And I'm like, I don't know if they made this like last second because I don't really know any of the actors in the show. So they give it that, where it's like, we'll have an ensemble cast, where they do a very good job, though, on backstories of all the characters, introducing each character, and in doing so, you there's some humor in some of the characters they're introducing. You can relate to some of them, dealing with whatever. It's happened when the world was shut down, because it takes place like at the beginning of COVID, in the middle, and it keeps gonna keep, and it keeps progressing through the calendar year. Where they said that there's going to be eight episodes, and in those eight episodes, it's going to be different types of the year and stuff. So they have actors who are a married couple. They're a married couple with kids is another thing. Then they got a bunch of single people. One was recently single. Then they got somebody living in his bunker. Then they got somebody who lost their job. Then they signed the first episode to have a friend who's a nurse they haven't talked to in a while because they're a nurse in the front lines of New York. And I don't know if that was an actor or a real person, but like. They're pointing out all the stuff they needed, like equipment and things. So it was a nice for the first responders for them to shout them out in that thing. Oh, that person's ever going to show up again. But then this group is kind of way too diverse. That's the other issue. Like, okay, I get the humor with some of the characters in their situation. They did a good job at exploring the character. They did a good job at writing, and there's good chemistry, even though they're doing this over Zoom. They're not near each other. The only people that are near each other are... Are the uh, people who are married to each other. The guy from 30 Rock. Him and his wife are in the show. So like the two of them. Could be together. But then they go. Let's have it where her brother's in the show. And her brother's part of the social group. And then there's a dude who's you know. Named Parvish. Sheena and he. He's married and he's gay. He has kids and he's hiding away from his husband. Because of course his husband's not an actor supposedly. So even if he has a husband. Maybe he is. Maybe he is um, married to somebody he's not. But yeah, that that's the interesting thing here. So they go with that. And then they're like, let's have the weird dude with the bunker and his conspiracy theory. Then they have the a guy 
the, the, the main, the you know, the guy from 30 Rock, his brother-in-law, is recently single, and they're not sure what to do, and then they got the cliche thing of the main, the late, the lead actress in the show, she, she's got a crush on him, and nobody knows about it, and let's, let's just, like, everybody knows, but not the guy itself, and there's, like, will they, won't they sort of thing, missing opportunity, so that's kind of cliche there, and then it's kind of diverse, because she's, like, Hispanic, you know, the guy from 30 Rock, him and his wife, and then the other guy, they're black. And then you have the white guys, the dude with the conspiracy theories. And then they let's have a transgender woman in the show as well. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, usually when you're growing up, you, you're around similar people. I went to Jewish day school. I went to Jewish youth groups. I had a lot of friends who were Jewish, no matter if they're religious or not religious or messianic. That's kind of the thing you're in. You know, I have friends of all races and religions too. It's just... And a show that's about a close-knit group of friends over thing, it's kind of feel like you would think there'd be a, there's more similar people in the group. It's just, I think it's kind of way too much where it's like, let's have a trans person, a gay person, two types of married people, Hispanic person. Let's just do all of the things we possibly can. So there's that. It's a little bit too cliche, a little bit too diverse. I know this type of show that if they just made it now, it's going to be eight episodes. Unless they can continue the idea... Of the show, like, we're kind of hopefully in a normal world when it comes to dealing with COVID. How long the show will be on the air, that's another thing. And then, as I said, CW this year. So, yeah, that show, I think, is going to be canceled because I think it's just a one-time only thing. As I told you, this year, CW, it's outside of Stargirl. It's been showing, like, property of shows from England, from Canada, from other streaming sites. And one of them was Tell Me a Story. And I'm sitting there like, okay, we got three stories that are interwined with each other. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. And it only started getting better towards the end. And I'm just like, okay, that's interesting. You got a guy whose fiance passed away. He owns a restaurant. He can't take care of it. So his friend from California moves back. And that friend runs it. But that friend's daughter gets involved with a man who was supposedly was involved with his wife. And that involves, like, the same hotel. And then there's this Hispanic guy and Hispanic sister. Like, the two of them have, they find money from this guy. And that guy supposedly... That supposedly the money was stolen from the manager of the hotel. So then you got the manager of the hotel who, who has worked with the dude who's grieving over his fiance's death. But then she's starting a relationship with the dude whose daughter has an issue with something with the, the weird stalker guy. And then you add the fact that the fiance, the guy who lost his fiance, the guy who killed his fiance, he stole diamonds and he was going to pawn the diamonds off with the money from. The woman is running a hotel, and that's how it's all connected with that person who works at the hotel and things like that. And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing, though. They decide, let's keep, let's bring back the the woman, Daniel Campbell, who was playing the high school senior. She's in season two, and her character's been introduced, but not great yet. I've only watched an episode. I'm like, okay, they brought her back. I guess they really, really like the guy, and that's cool. And then I'm, but then I'm confused because in this one they bring back the actor Paul Wesley, and he's supposedly married to this woman. Because season two so far has been a country music woman, uh, act star has a terrible accident, and her brother's a drunk. Her sister is a successful lawyer, and she's engaged. And she's engaged to Paul Wesley, who was just in season one, and he's in there. But then his character is so far stalking the the character that Daniel Campbell plays, and I'm just like, they bring both of these two back, maybe because the people who make the show really like them it's a lot to like try to be like okay 
it's a different show the next season with different stories intertwining and all these things. But you have to accept that the two actors from the previous one are there. And it's this one is whatever. And it's got the, the country music family with the matriarch person who's in charge. you got the security service people who are all involved. And it's just like a lot of it's just all over the place. And I'm just like, okay, maybe like towards the middle to end of season one, things got better in Tell Me a Story. But so far... It's kind of hard to get over the fact that, like, yeah, those two actors were just in that show, and one of them died. Let's see, yeah, let's bring them back. And the other show, Corner, it was given eight, it only is eight episodes in each season. But the problem is with CW showing the show, and then be like, you know what, we got we got the rights to all all both seasons because season three hasn't come out because that's something that they have to film and whatnot. That the kids in high school, but then season two, he's a college age kid. She's very more lighthearted and happier, so she has some color added to her hair. She's wearing earrings, more makeup, things like that. And they're and the you know her boyfriend, her not so boyfriend boyfriend moved in. And so far, it's been the best like CW show that they got the rights to. But like in general, it's just they don't really say like season two is one year later, two years later, or like ten months later. Like it doesn't really give you an explanation. So it's kind of you just have to go with the punches and go. You know what? Okay, I guess it's. It's, I guess it's a year or two later. I don't know. I'm guessing a year later, two years later, because I don't know if the high school kid was a junior or a senior in that show. Then there was a one of the corners who worked with her, like under her. He, in the first episode, announced that, oh, I got to tell everybody I'm leaving. So then he's on in episode two or three of this season, and I'm just like, okay. Well, I don't know, contract agreement or what's going on, but there's no point I have him in the first episode of season two if he's not going to be in any more episodes. It's also that thing. Now, I didn't get to this as other sad news, but the lead singer, the frontman of the Spencer Davis group, that died from pneumonia at age 81 yesterday. He's known for the songs Keep On Running. I'm a man and give me some love. Give me some love to a popular classic rock song. You hear it in television shows and movies. I'm a man is a good song. It's been covered by Chicago. And those who remember this mo- this movie also had had us. Uh, this this the uh, this band also had the great. Uh, Steve Winwood in there, who was also in Traffic and Blind Faith. He's in this movie, so that's interesting. That So that group was really, really, really talented. So rest in peace to him as well. Thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar, episode number 52. As always, we talked about local and national sports and pop culture. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter, Radar4428. Subscribe to my YouTube at... You know, on the radar, like or follow my Facebook page, On the Radar Entertainment Blog. My blogger is Radar Four Foot Away for my long form article. And go to Anchor if you want to donate, if you want. And my podcast on all the podcast places like Google, Apple, and Spotify. And just announced my new website, On the Radar Media. Every single audio file and every single thing I've ever written, all on there. Links to all my social media on there. Links to my podcast. Everything is on there. So check it out. See you guys next time.